Welcome to the 219th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on February 10th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's got his snow shovel ready... Carlos Rodella. Wait, why do I have a snow shovel ready? Because we are going to have a winter storm starting tomorrow. Really? This is the first I've heard of it. I didn't get the memo, and I don't have a I, shovel. I was I was on TV with the mayor this afternoon telling people we have a winter storm coming tomorrow. You were? I was. You can go see me on TV. I was with the mayor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, well, for, here's, here's the first thing. I'm in, like, an apartment at the top floor, so I don't need a shovel. You will be safe on the top floor, but yeah. you should get ready. Get enough food in case your power goes out. Get some extra blankets in case you got to stay warm. It's not going to last a super long time, but it's supposed to be pretty fierce over the next three days. And folks, by the time you're hearing this podcast, we may already be in the thick of it. We may already be over with it. Who knows? But we are expecting a very large series of three winter storms starting basically right now and incoming tomorrow. Holy shit. Okay, way to, way to start a podcast. I need to, like, as soon as we're done here, get down to the store and food. buy some salt and some shovels and scarves and canned, canned food. Scarves. Uh, it's, it's warm in my apartment. I'm lucky that way. So, All right. Fingers crossed you don't lose power, buddy. All right. Folks, we're here doing a podcast. We're doing a show. Uh, we got a lot of games to talk about as per usual. Before that, uh, Carlos, is there any. I have one thing to talk about, but do you have any uh, housekeeping to do today? I have a few things, yeah. All right, we are going to be keeping the house with Carlos and then a little bit from me also. Carlos, what do you got today? Well, first off, CD Projekt Red got hacked. Did you hear about that? Oh, I heard about that. Man, nuts. That is nuts. You want to tell us about it? Well, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I bring it up and I really want to talk about it. I just want to say, like, stop it, people. You know, we said this before in the podcast, but just leave them alone. Real brief, you gotta, for people who don't know, this is a podcast, you gotta tell them in one sentence what happened to CD Project Red. Do I? Yeah, just um, one sentence. Yeah, some, you know, asshole uh, hacked uh, their system and took the source code for the game uh, Cyberpunk and for Witcher 3, which we've all played Witcher 3 now, so, you know, I don't think anyone's, like, freaking out about that one. Uh, source code is, you know, you still gotta do something with the source code. So I think that's funny how people are like, oh, my goodness, it's going to be leaked. And like, well, what are you going to do with it? You know, you have to like actually program with it and use it. But that being said, those are the things he hacked. And he also hacked some files of theirs, but they were all backed up. And supposedly no personal information uh, from employees and stuff like that was hacked. It was just this, the game code. And then he like tried to put it up on auction. I guess he put it up on auction as of right now time of this recording for like seven million dollars where would you even put that up on auction where the cops wouldn't come get you where did I don't it go know. on ebay or what i don't know i don't, I don't even know because crazy that's the why dark I web listening. yeah it's on the dark web but fuck him fuck this idea fuck everybody who's messing with cd project red i just want more dlc for the game it's really fun like you know, they'll fix it for ps4 and xbox one a little bit better soon just let's just get over it and, st- and youtubers stop making videos about it like all of it's so i'm so over it like oh did you hear there's another thing a class action lawsuit everybody just stop i think it's silly man well you know i feel i feel for the employees of cd project red i feel really bad for them i know they're capable of doing some phenomenal work witcher 3 one of my favorite games of all time possibly even my favorite possibly 
Uh, so I don't wish any ill towards those people, but, you know, hopefully they will get their act together, get all their stuff unhacked and secured again and get themselves back on track and get this lawsuit over with. And, you know, I don't know. I hope they get their shit together because I, I think there's a lot of good people over there. Yeah, I think they mainly do have their shit together. So I just feel like it's people continually they find something that, you know, has a problem. And that's what, unfortunately, humans do. They just attack it. Um you know, so anyways, stupid. And I'm just bringing it up to say I think it's stupid. And so everybody should just stop it. Agreed. Secondly, there was a quick little trailer that I just want to mention. You should all check out. It's intense. It's by this game uh, game company called Clout. They're a brand new indie team. They're on Patreon. And they had a game that looks like PT, but with Resident Evil. And it's called Ill, I-L-L. And so just check out Clout Games uh, trailer and you'll find it. And it's just intense. Okay, I'm guessing you, have, you haven't seen it. No, I haven't heard anything about it. This is the first I'm hearing about it. Um, I probably, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I won't because, you know, I'm not big on the scary games. But it's good to know. I'm sure lots of people in our audience uh, will go check it out. That seems like probably exciting to a lot of people. Yeah, it just caught me by surprise. I thought I'd mention it. And last thing is Hitman 3 has a new thing that comes out, I guess, soon, 20th or maybe the 23rd, Initiation Protocol. Have you heard about that? No, you know, actually, I've been kind of radio silent on Hitman 3. I have a copy of it, but I'm in the very tail end of Assassin's Creed. I'll mention it at the end of the show. So I'm kind of just really bearing down and focusing, and I'm trying to just, like, you know, power my way to the end. So I have not really been looking at Hitman stuff. I want to come to it really fresh, so I've been ignoring most of the news. I don't know anything about this. Okay, it's just a, like, um, you know, DLC-type thing where they're going to offer new uh, missions and stuff like that. I don't know enough about it either, but I just saw it pop up on my PS5 and it said, hey, you can be part of the initiation protocol. And I was like, okay, I want to go back in and do more missions. Uh, So just kind of uh, put it on people's radar. Go check it out. If you thought that DLC was coming way later, it's coming much sooner. I think it's the February 23rd, I believe. Excellent. That's great news. And anybody who knows Hitman knows that uh, IO Interactive is pretty outstanding when it comes to supporting their games um, long term. I mean, they usually have like different events that cycle through limited time events. They do some regular DLC. They do like some special missions. They do a lot of community driven stuff like like when you buy a Hitman game, like it's not just, you know, 12 hours and you're done. I mean, it can be if, you, if that's what you want. But if you want more, I mean, there's so much you can get out of those games that it's really the gift that keeps on giving. And, you know, if you bought like Hitman 2, they had enough stuff to keep you going for like eight nine months you know mm, like it's yeah. pretty crazy a lot of stuff a lot of content yeah. uh real quick side note about hitman though every time i load it up i swear it takes like forever or it doesn't connect to its uh servers oh yeah yeah i heard about that i heard there's some trouble with the servers yeah which is weird because like if i want dlc and you know it's not available because i can't connect to online so i don't know if they're having issues with that but every single time i load up the game it goes either it can't connect or it takes a while to connect so just uh, that's weird. a bummer yeah that's a bummer uh that's all i had all right i just got one thing really quickly so they announced the mass effect what is it the ultimate edition or whatever oh yeah that's pretty soon yeah well i don't know i don't know what the the date is did you catch a release date i, I was looking march. i couldn't find it. i think it's march. is it that soon yeah that's mm-hmm. amazing okay that's good um so i you know mass effect one of my favorite games of all time it was my favorite game for quite a while um i think maybe the witcher unseated it but still neck and neck like i love nothing but love for mass effect so uh, very excited to see that they've got this like ultimate trilogy, like remastered edition, whatever. And I was watching Twitter and Jennifer Hale, who is the voice of uh, the female Commander Shepard or Femme Shep, as she is known, uh, put out a video of herself as she was crying. She was really emotional 
because on the new edition that they're putting out, female Shepard is the lead Shepard, which is different because when Mass Effect first came out, it was male Shep. It was bro Shep who was on the cover. Mm. And they flipped that around. They're like, nope, we're going with fem Shep this time, which is a great response. Great. And actually the only right decision because fem Shep is 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 Shepard. Like that, that is the best way to do it. That's the best way to play. So I tweeted her back like, right away. Right. And I saw this thing and I'm like, hey, fem Shep is the best Shep. Right. And she favorited my tweet, and I'm like, oh, my God, she read my message. She saw what I said. She liked what I say. So now we're, like, best friends, basically. Basically. Basically, we're super tight, you know. It's just like I'm going out with Pan Am as my – she's my real girlfriend. And you and her are, like, best friends. We're, like, besties now. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's good. It's a good good thing we got going. That's cool. I'm actually excited to go back and play it. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's been a long time. I didn't go back and, like, replay that game. So it'll be great to play it uh, as FemShep. That'd be cool. God, I haven't played it. I, I think I've played it maybe two times all the way through, which is one time more than I usually play any game. But I don't know if I've got it in me to play through the whole trilogy again right now, maybe later. But my wife has actually never played any of those games. So I think what I'm going to do is get a copy of that. And maybe I will just like give it to her and I will just sit next to her on the couch and watch her go through it. I think that would be pretty amazing. So, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right, there we go. That is the housekeeping. The house has been kept. Let's get on with the main content of the show. Carlos, uh, let's start off with you. Um, We did a little bit of last-minute script juggling here. Um, You said you had a little bit to talk about Skate 3, which kind of came out of nowhere. But what I really want to talk about is ReCore, which is also kind of, you know, living up to our motto of, uh, you know, old stuff, new stuff, anything between. Uh, That is definitely an old stuff for sure. So which one you want to talk about first? Yeah, I'll just quickly talk about Skate 3, and then we'll talk about ReCore, both of us together. Um, Skate 3, is just, you know, I've been going through all the old uh, Xbox games now that I have my Xbox Series X. And, Ooh. yeah, it's very fancy. And I go back through, and there's, you know, tons of old ones that I hadn't played for a while. Uh, I love skateboarding games. I make a lot of videos on my YouTube channel about, like, skate fails. I love it. Like, it's one of my favorite things. I can get lost in a skating game forever. Uh, I love Tony Hawk, etc. But Skate was always one of my favorite franchises because they added that realism, but then they still had the zaniness. So they had some crazy stuff, but they also had more of a realistic, you know, kind of gameplay and um, skating. So anyways, Skate 4 is a real thing, just so you know. They are working on Skate 4. Uh, We don't know when. I think the rumors are 2022, so um, not for a while. But that team, in my opinion, after playing Skate 3 again on my Xbox, it's the best skateboarding game. I think it hands down. Yep, hands like of all down. time. Yeah, of all time. Yep, because I like Tony Hawk for what it is. It's fun. It's arcadey. Um, some of the first ones are some of my favorite memories. Um, that the, some of the new ones where you control both your feet, you know, independently yeah, on the board, yeah, yeah. they're really fun too, and they're like unique in that way. And I feel really cool when I pull off like any trick. But this one, it's so intuitive. It has such a really interesting, fun like career mode that has that thing where you take pictures. Do you remember this? Oh yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I never got super into it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but like all that stuff just adds to the flavor of like it actually being like almost a single player game, you know, in that way. And you take pictures from magazines and you actually pick which picture it is. It has the fastest instant replay ever. You just hit like one button and you're immediately into the replay and you know, can look at it from any angle. And the, just in general, the ollie and the kickflips and all that stuff, it's just so intuitive. You just flick the fucking right stick, and it just works, you know? And I was just amazed at how I've forgotten 
that that's the best skateboarding game. So hmm. anybody, uh, you know, aching for an old skateboarding game or just a skateboarding game in general, and Tony Hawk, the new one, isn't doing it for you, just and you have an Xbox, go back to Skate 3. It is, well, I guess it's on PlayStation 2 then, isn't it? I was going to say it's, pro- I mean, I'm guessing it's backwards compatible on both the PS5 and the Xbox. It might uh, be on X. PlayStation now. Could be on PlayStation. I'm sure you could probably pick it up. I'm guessing it's probably backwards compatible in most places. Right, but it was Game Pass for Xbox, which is easier for me to. Oh, know. excellent! Oh, yeah, Game Pass, bing, bing. It's dope. Game Pass, hello. Yeah. So yep. that's just my two cents. Is that uh, I, I forgot that it's the best skateboarding game, and someone come at me if you don't think it is because it is. Whoa. Yeah, That's it a is. strong opinion. Come at Carlos if you don't think Skate 3 is the best skating game. By the way, don't. All right. By the way, don't. I just just, just don't. <laughs> All right, that is Skate 3, and it's on Game Pass, which is great. If you have an Xbox, you got to be on Game Pass. That's where the action's at. Is a great deal. I love yep. Game Pass. Uh, all right. Speaking of stuff that's on Game Pass, uh, I don't know how this kicked off. I mean, I was talking about it, and then you were talking about it, and other people joined in. I don't know who originally brought it up, but uh, ReCore which uh, was put out, designed by, what is that guy's name? Uh, Keiji Inafune, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing, okay, so like Keiji Inafune, the guy who, who was like the main driver behind Mega Man, this was his game for the Xbox One. You star as a uh, third-person action in a post-apocalyptic world. You're a lady, and you've got like robot buddies that go along with you, and there's kind of like jumping, and there's a lot of shooting. Uh, semi-open world kind of a thing. I played it when it came out. It was weird because... I, I think the trailers for this game made it seem really cinematic and kind of like, I think everybody was going to go on this like emotional journey. It was, it almost kind of seemed like the last of us, but in a robot setting. And then when the game came out, it was like totally not at all that it was like actiony jumping, super platformy color coded enemies and stuff. And people like brains exploded by the disconnection between the trailers and what the actual game was. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people got thrown for a loop, but I, I jumped into it. And I got to say, despite the game being a little bit rough when it first opens, I actually really liked it a lot. And I think that it was a pretty cool thing that Inafune was doing. Now, you played it also, didn't you, Carlos? Yeah. And uh, full disclosure, I was actually at Microsoft for a little while while they were promoting the game. Like, they were promoting the remaster of it uh, and bringing it back out. So I was at Studios, and I got to see the statue of, of the little dog robot. Oh, I forget uh, what his name is, but yeah, the cool little dog robot. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and work with some of the people who worked on the game, but yeah, in general, around that time is when I refound it because I was like, wait, holy crap, this game's really great, and um, like you said, it's not what you think it is. It's um, platformy. It is an open world, kind of, but it's really about like changing your weapon style, like in the middle of the gameplay, and you know, shooting, but also collecting orbs. You know, very similar to Crackdown. So I think, like you said, it just it's a different type of game than people were expecting. Yeah, I think there's he just it didn't really get marketed well. I don't know who's at fault for that, but the the image and then the reality were pretty different. And I think just it just it didn't attract the right people and the people that played it kind of bounced off it. And then I mean, it was a little bit rough at the beginning, too. I think they patched it a couple times and there was eventually some DLC and stuff. Um, So anyway, I was looking at it because it's on Game Pass. You can uh, download it for free on Game Pass. And I was like, you know. That's one of those games where I never finished it, but I really liked it. And I kind of would like to have that on my my CV, right? Like, I want to have that in my game history as a game that I can look back and say, you know what, I actually did finish ReCore because I really liked that one a lot. And it, I think about it fairly often. Every time I see a picture of it or if I'm scrolling through the library on my Xbox, I'm like, oh, ReCore, I got I to gotta come back to that. I never yeah. finished it because um, 
right when the new DLC came out, or pretty close to it, they added a couple new robots and they added some new areas. And I think something went wrong because when I was in the, the campaign, I all of a sudden couldn't figure out where I was supposed to go. And then I went to like the wrong dungeon and it was like a dungeon that was really, really, really difficult with platforming, like like super mad skills uh, platforming. And I got stuck in there and I couldn't get out. And then I um, realized I was just in the wrong dungeon altogether. So I think I wasn't even supposed to be there in the first place. And then I just, I was like, I got so frustrated and I, I couldn't salvage what I was doing. I didn't have a save I could go back to. So I just quit it. But man, I really want to finish that off. I really want to come back to it. Well, I want to say a couple of things. I think one of the reasons I bounced is uh, it, it is a little confusing. If you remember, the map's a little confusing. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Like your objectives are confusing. Like you can get to an area where like it's a pit and you have to get across the pit and you like maybe don't know how to do it. Like there's so many things where I think I just got stuck, like you said. And yeah. that's a problem. Like that's an actual problem with the game. The other problem is that, again, like I said, I was actually at Microsoft for a while when I started playing this and I was playing it at work and then I'd go home and play it. And it was like, you know, two different uh, that's a lot of overkill, campaigns. Yeah. yeah, it's overkill. overkill. Well, plus I was just confused on where I actually was in the game because right. I was playing it to capture footage. But then, yeah. So when I finally did like just work on it at home, like you said, I got into this area where I was like, I don't know where to go. And I feel very confused. And so then I picked it up just now, like when we started talking about it in Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And I was in a place where I was a little confused and I couldn't find these little robots because a lot of it's a puzzle game. So yeah. I was trying to find these robots to plug into this thing so that I could go to the next level. And I still can't find two of them. And I don't know where they are. And I guess I could go to YouTube and do the walkthrough thing. But it is nice when you don't have to do that. So, um, yeah. and, and the other thing that really bothered me that I went back to and I remembered is that switching of weapon types. Mm. Um, you're basically switching colors of weapons and certain colors do better against the same color or whatever uh, of gun, you know, like bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of bothered me a little bit. And then you also can pull cores out of enemies and that's like finicky. Um, so I just remembered a bunch of little hiccups, I think, that it has. It's not a smooth experience. It feels pretty experimental in a lot of ways. And it feels like there's a lot of really good ideas that all needed like a little bit more polish. But I like I really like what he was going for. Right. And I kind of wish that it got a better reception because I feel like it got a really cold shoulder from the beginning. And then I think he just got kind of burned out on it and. There was just like a lot of hate towards it when it first came out for various reasons. But I think it actually is a pretty good game. Um, I, I, I think I am going to try to start it up again. But I am definitely going to do the walkthrough thing because, I mean, I was almost done with the game when I quit it last time. I And I, so I got through most of it. So I don't feel like I'm cheating or anything. But I'm definitely going to get a walkthrough. I'm just going to do like a, kind of a crit path and just kind of go through. Because I really would just like to see the last couple bits that I didn't see and finish it off and say that I finished it. And I think I would feel pretty good about that. So Yeah, I'll do the same and I'll do it with a walkthrough. I think if I have that next to me, then I'll be fine. And uh, not to just be a negative Nelly about it, but it's really, really addictive. Like it's a super fun to, to um, navigate the world, you know? Yeah. With that kind of is. double jump and then also dash. Like that's really, really fun. And it totally reminds me of Crackdown. Um, and it's just, it is really, really fun. It's just that you can get lost and, you know, I would say have a walkthrough. Yeah. And then, you know, before we move off from Recore, like one thing that I thought was really interesting was like knowing that it was Inafune behind this and knowing his history with Mega Man. It was really interesting to see some of those concepts from Mega Man be reinterpreted into the third dimension um, in some of the platforming. And also with like the robots that you have as your buddies, one of them is like a spider robot and he will like help you cross chasms and 
climb places. And so sometimes you're in these little sections where it feels like it's got the same kind of like jumping platform rhythm as a Mega Man where you're like jumping, 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 dodging things like it's going really fast. And it's interesting to see that I feel like he almost really pulled it off. Like I feel like with a little bit more work, a little bit more polish, he could have really translated that feeling. Not that it would have been a clone of Mega Man, but like the same quality that I think a lot of people like about Mega Man could have been there. Uh, and it's almost there, right? So I think it's seeing some of these ideas in a different context is really fascinating. And I feel like it it came so close. Like, I'm so bummed that, like, it had the problems it did. But I, I think it's worth a revisit. Yeah, I do too. And we'll both do it. And then we'll talk about it on the show. And it's on Game Pass for free. If you got an Xbox, you got Game Pass, it's right there waiting for you. And it's exclusive. It is. It is only on Microsoft systems. I don't think it ever came to anything else. Not even PC, I don't think. Uh, I think Windows. I think Windows. Windows. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. That's true. All right. All right. Let's move on. I got a couple quickie things to talk about. Uh, first up, I checked out a game called Car Demolition Clicker on the Xbox One. I got sent this code. No one at Game Critics wanted to review it. So I'm like, well, I'll talk about it for the show. I'll check it out. It is the strangest, most bizarre game. Basically, it is a clicker game on the Xbox One. You play... I don't even know who you are. You're looking at a screen and there's a car on your screen. You need to have a gun and you push your button 8 million times to shoot your gun at that car. And then after you shoot a couple pieces, you get some money. And then you can upgrade your gun to be a more powerful gun. Then you keep shooting the car. And then pieces like fall off the car. Uh, but it's not like really super realistic or anything. It's just like random pieces fall off. It doesn't seem like you're actually shooting the car, right? You're mm-hmm. just kind of like doing damage to it. You can buy a couple drones to shoot the car for you when your thumb gets tired because I guarantee your thumb will get tired. The drones blow up the car and then a new car drops in and they start shooting that car. And then you get more money and then you buy bigger guns and then you shoot more cars. That's Wait, what's, the literally, name of this, what's the name of this game again? It's called Car Demolition Clicker. That is literally all you do. That is okay, it. Okay, I think I thought it was Car Demolition Derby, but it's obviously not. It's just you're demolishing, demolishing a car. Yes, and you're just shooting it by clicking it, and then the drones shoot it for you, and then more cars come down. And it, I mean, it's kind of terrible. It's kind of terrible because, like, I mean, there's not much to it. You're sitting there watching you know, your drones shoot this car or you're shooting the car yourself. That's all that's happening. It's not realistic damage modeling. The upgrades are not well explained. Like the action is kind of boring. Nothing's really happening. You don't really even know what your goal is. And then you get to a boss car. I don't, it doesn't look any different from any other car. And then all of a sudden the car is doing damage to you, but you don't know how it's not shooting you. It's not running into you. It's just parked there. But all of a sudden you're taking damage because reasons. And if you don't have enough DPS going, then you lose. And then you got to start over. And I'm like, what is even happening? Why am I? Who Why made am this? I doing this? Why am I doing this? And so <laughs> that was an interesting 27 minutes that I spent with Car Demolition Clicker. And I think I spent too much time on it as it was. So that was Car Demolition Clicker on the Xbox One. That is the thing that exists if you are at all interested in that. Um, next thing I want to talk about is called Dark D A R Q. What? We've never uh, talked about this in the show yet. Have you played Dark? I feel like I have. Remind me about it because I think I have. And also, I feel like we should have mentioned it on the show by now because it's been around for a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been around for like a month. I mean, longer than that on PC, but I think it just came to consoles recently, a month or two. I could be wrong on that. But it is a 2D uh, puzzle game that is all in black and white. You play as like a guy. You don't really know who you are, but it's like a weird, creepy environment. And then gravity is not really a thing. Like you can walk forward and then... Certain walls, you just like put your foot on the wall and then the whole screen turns. So then all of a sudden you're walking on the wall or the ceiling and then you got to like find p- 
puzzle pieces to like take back to like solve puzzles to open up the level to progress a little bit more um it's pretty cool looking i like the the, the aesthetics of it like your black and white environments looks kind of creepy and that's it's not a horror game but just you know kind of a creepy puzzle game uh but it is very much like one of those get item to bring back to you know get a gear to bring it back to this machine that uh, needs a gear and geez, you put in the, you know Louise. so i i mean yeah you know what i'm talking about that groan that you let out just now was the <laughs> groan that i made when i got to that puzzle in the game and i'm like it looks cool i really like the aesthetics i think it's a neat idea the gravity thing like walking on the walls and the ceiling is pretty cool looking but i just don't really have the patience for that kind of like item fetch puzzle so it's not really a criticism of the game itself i just i'm not in that headspace right now so if yeah. you were looking for a cool looking creepy puzzle game i think it might you know make a lot of people happy out there it's not what i want to play right now but i think it's interesting uh did not get too far because i just don't like doing this kind of puzzles but yeah dark I think is available d-a-r-q and I, yeah. I definitely saw the picture and i didn't play it but i did love the the trailer trailer and the look of it because it is so cool looking it reminds me of little nightmares um, very much so. Very which, much by the so. way, the second one is probably out tonight, I think. Uh, it's coming yes. out very soon. We will uh, be talking about that next week. We will be talking about that. But, um, yeah, I've always liked the look. But just what you said, that groan, I might make that groan again later in this episode. Because <laughs> there is something about this, yeah, this adventure game element. And I will repeat myself later. But I just, like you said, especially the combining objects with other objects. Ugh, yeah. I'm I just, just like, so out. As we said in the past, hard pass. Yeah. I mean, check the trailer for Dark. The trailer is amazing, or one of the trailers is amazing, and that's really what yeah. got me interested in it. And it's I, I was kind of expecting, I, I guess, a more cinematic or maybe a more narrative game, but it's a pretty puzzle-heavy game, which is very cool if you're like that. I am not like that, so it's not a criticism, but this game is not for me. So there's that. One more quick one here. Odysseus Cosmos and his robot quest. I'm playing this on the Switch. It was sent to me by the publisher. This is a point-and-click adventure, and I have a very sketchy history with those. Sometimes I really love them, as in the case of, like, Dark Side Detective or Nine Witches. I love those. I think those are fantastic games. Uh, but in general, I kind of struggle with them, and I was hoping this would be, like, another cool find. Um, it's interesting. You play a, I don't know, like, an, a, a, I don't know if he's, like, a handyman or if he's, like, a, an astronomer or a scientist or something. He's, like, this dude chilling in um, the space station, and he's in this room. I only played the first level of it. And everything in his room is broken. And so you got to figure out how to fix everything in his room. Like his door is locked and his electricity is not working and everything in his room is just messed up. And so you've got to kind of figure out what items are in the room. Very much like a point and click. You know, you, you click on something, pick it up, combine it with something else, put it on something, fix it, and then move on to the next puzzle. Lots of like jokes. Every time you click on something, there's like a joke. Ugh. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, again... I was Sorry, hoping... I'm just like groaning this whole episode. No, dude. I mean, you are you are me. We are of the same mind here because I was hoping this was going to be more of a free-flowing, lighter sort of a point-and-click because I like them when they're done right, but I feel like very few people nail the formula the way that I like it. So I think that if you are a point-and-click fan, there's probably a lot to like in this one, but I'm not generally like a... If you're a boilerplate point-and-click game, I'm probably not going to get on with you very well because, like, for example, in this game... I'm clicking on everything and I just can't figure out what's going on. And it's like, so there's this thing in the drawer, right? And I know there's something in the drawer, but the dude will not look in the drawer because I have to first turn off the light because I need to see that the thing is glowing before I can look in the drawer, but I know it's in there. So I, I got to figure out how to turn off the light. The light switch is broken, 
but there's also a light sensor, but I can't put my hand over the light sensor. That's not enough. I have to find the sunglasses and then I have to do something to the sunglasses. And then you put the sunglasses over the light sensor. Then the light goes off. Then the thing starts glowing. Then you open the drawer. Then you get the thing that you needed. But I knew it was in there all along. And so the whole time I'm like, why oh, can I not just get geez. the thing? Right. So it's, it's one of those. Right. So if you like those, I don't. But if you like those, <laughs> I think it's great. It, it looks great. It's cute. It's on the switch. Some of the jokes are pretty funny main character really likes cookies i was feeling him on that pretty hard so that's good but i just don't have the patience for this kind of very traditional point and click experience so i noped out of it pretty quickly but i think if you are a traditional point and click fan it is worth checking out yeah oh boy I, again i yeah i think some of our listeners are into those obviously um but every time i even just come close to one i get like i break out in hives yeah it's it's not they're not for me either dude. and it's weird because I got to keep trying them because I never know when one's going to be the good kind that I like. But like, oh, man, it is so rare that they are the kind that I like. So. Yeah. Oh, well, you got to keep trying them. Got to keep trying other fish in the sea. You never know. All right. Back to you, Carlos. Uh, Werewolf, the apocalypse, Earth blood. I talked about it briefly last week, and then uh, you seemed like you were pretty interested. I'm assuming you got in and played a little bit. Yeah, I got in, played a little bit. I have a couple uh, things I like, a couple things I don't. Uh, in general, like you mentioned on the podcast, it is a stealth action game. Um, you play as a guy who can turn into, into a wolf and also a werewolf. So the combined form and the werewolf form, you are like badass and just destroy things. And the wolf form, you're just sneaky and you're like a little wolf that goes into little tunnels because you're small. <laughs> um, and you sound like that, too. You're like, hi, I'm a wolf. I'm going to go in this tunnel. You don't sound like that. Uh, anyway, so that's the main mission, um, or the way that you play the game. And I, I, by the way, I went back and played the intro. So, cause last episode you talked about how your wife was killed, which is a spoiler because it's early in the game, by the way, it's not that early in the game. So you did actually spoil it. Oh, it's real soon, dude. Like it happens like really, it's like one of the very first thing that happens. But no, but like, it's not a cutscene. It's like, you have to actually go do a mission first and then it happens at the end of that mission. So I just also spoiled it again, but it, it, I mean, it is a minor spoiler, but dude, it's like the halfway through the very first tutorial chapter. It's pretty quick. Okay. Anyways, that does happen. Um, and there is no refrigerator though. There's no actual refrigerator. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> they don't like put her in a refrigerator. No, she is fridged, but she is not literally in a refrigerator. No, yeah. that is true. And she's a pretty interesting, like they, they start to allude that she's an interesting character and the story, the backstory is you also have a daughter. And so the daughter is kind of in this like ragtag group of people who are going against this huge company who of course are military and also awful and also want to take over the world or something, something. And they're against the, um, uh, what's the word? The, the earth. They're like, you know, anti, what am I trying to say? Anti-environmental. Anti-environmental. Yeah. Like yeah, werewolves yeah. are like the ultimate environmental supporters. And these guys are like some energy company or some shit. And they're of course like, dumping chemicals in water and chopping yes. down trees and killing baby seals and shit. So. Yeah, they're the bad guys. You're the good guys, but you're also wolves, and you also love the earth. So that's the setup. Um, you know, you're not coming in this really fully for the story, but I, I was kind of interested in what we were going to do because the very, very beginning actually has, like, full motion video um, and talks about, like, you know, the earth having to go through this, like, process of renewal because evil is around and the evil is this big company anywho the actual gameplay itself being a wolf is okay 
again, you go into little corners and you can be sneaky. It's not super fun. Being the guy is pretty boring. And here's here's my number one con. When they want you to go into stealth, they just put your character into stealth mode and you can't even like get out of it. So it just puts you in the crouch. And yeah, you, you yeah. can't you can't uncrouch. And I'm like, fuck you. Have you know do you know video games? <laughs> <laughs> so that's dumb. And the other con was when you actually do turn into a werewolf, you kick ass, but you also have like two stances. Game developers just stick with one stance. I'm so it's tired. funny you say that, dude. I totally agree, dude. I totally agree. I thought it was one level of complication too many. Yeah, and then by the way, if you do it wrong, because you can like be in the wrong stance, like you can fuck it up and like get hurt somehow. Um, and also, it was weird when you could pick up people. You can like execute them once you pick them up, but it's like takes longer to do that <laughs> because then you're getting shot because you're like worrying about one person. Anyways, the last con. And then I will say one other pro about it. The last con is it has fail missions where if you get caught, it's over. Mm-hmm. What would you do that for in a werewolf game? You fucking come on. Right? Like that's the yeah, dumbest I mean, instant thing. fail, I, I'm I'm over those. Like I think, I think the most interesting way to do stealth, and I think a lot of people agree, is that do your best. But if you mess it up, then you got to like struggle through and like you know keep playing and like work your way through it not just instant fail that's just like it's yeah i'm done with those and it just doesn't fit the the setting because like the next the next mission i was destroying a whole room you know right yeah you would think you would just wolf out and just start killing dudes like why would there be an insta fail and that's what's weird is like literally the next mission after the insta fail mission i also had to be sneaky but at the minute i got i got seen in that mission i could turn into werewolf so yeah. it was very, very weird that way. Uh, and anyways, I did play it for quite a while, and there's some fun action to be had when they allow you to be a werewolf. And that's like my biggest like pro and con mix, is that I just wasn't able to do all the action that I wanted to, and I just felt like he should just be like super strong when he's in that mode. But I was still getting hurt. I was still worrying about my stances, you know, and I still didn't feel like fully badass. But at times, for the pro, it was really, really fun to play a werewolf. Like, I can't think of another game besides that Nintendo game we talked about last episode where I could actually play a werewolf and, like, feel badass. So you can sometimes, but then other times you can't, and you're in crouch mode as a person. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't fully – it isn't fully what I think it could be. I mean, to be fair, although this game has some problems, considering that the werewolf genre is a very, very small genre, I think it currently consists of two games – I would say it's probably the best werewolf game that's out there. <laughs> nice. Although yeah. there's not a lot of competition. But if I had to pick between this one and the one on the NES, I would choose this one. <laughs> well, literally, that can't be it. we got to do some research. There's got to be there, other ones. There Maybe there is. I mean, there's that visual novel that I played, although that one I, I wouldn't really recommend. But uh, No, but ones where be. you can kick ass. Yeah, if it is maybe. the only one, then we can call it. So Video Games Podcast says Werewolf Apocalypse is the best werewolf game. Okay. <laughs> Because, yeah, when you are kicking ass, though, I want to make this point. It is really fun. Like, it's really, really like Hulk. It feels like the Hulk. Remember the Hulk yes, video game? Yes, yes, on the Xbox, yes. And you're just smashing things up. There's a little bit of physics. And then when you're not, you're like, what am I doing? Why am I crouching? Why is there an insta-fail? So it's a hit-and-miss game. It really is. Yeah, it's it's kind of inconsistent, and it's kind of weird. I really, I really appreciate what they were going for, and I think that, like, there's a lot of space to explore being a werewolf in games i think there's loads of potential there i think this is a you know pretty good attempt but yeah there's definitely some rough edges definitely some problems and it it doesn't feel entirely dialed in 
Yeah, but I, I'm, um, I, maybe I'll keep doing it. It depends if there's enough uh, insta-fail missions coming up. If there's, there's too many, then I might, as you say, nope out. Oh, nope out of that thing. All right, that is Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood. Where are we playing this on? PS4, PS5, PS5. PS5, but it was PS4 running on PS5. No, right? I think it's PS5. Oh, okay. All I think right, the cool. visuals were slightly better. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, moving on. A, this week is a game that I've actually been really excited for, and it just came to the Xbox uh, preview program. It's called Fights in Tight Spaces. Have you heard of this one? I haven't. This is one I saw it hit PC like last year, and I'm like, oh, this game looks 100% my jam, but I'm not going to play it on PC. I know it's going to come to console at some point. So I've been waiting this whole time, and it finally came to the Xbox preview program. So it's not finished, uh, but you can play it there. I think it's $20 for the preview code on Xbox One. I did not play it. I mean, I excuse me, I, I played it. I did not pay $20 for the preview code because I don't really like to play early access games. But you can play it for free for like 90 minutes. They give you like a quick taste demo. So I jumped in for the 90-minute demo. I think it's really cool. It is a deck-building game where each card you have is like a physical movement or an attack, like a move left or a kick or a punch or a jump backwards or something like that. And then your character goes inside, as the game says, a very small space. Fights in tight spaces is what this game is called. And so you'll be in like a small room that's maybe, I don't know, six feet by six feet or something. And it's got you and two other people. And then you need to use your cards and it's all turn-based too. So you got to figure out how do you maneuver in the space? What attacks do you do? How do you defend yourself? Like, you know, what's the best you can do in this small space? I think it's really interesting. It's really fascinating. It's got a very minimalistic look. Kind of looks like black and white and red and the, like low detail on the characters but i think it works really well i think it's very stylistic very sharp looking and just being in that small space with those cards like it's just really different and interesting and fascinating like you'll be hmm. surrounded by two people and you'll have a card that'll be like uh you know kick forward and it'll be like kick the guy plus move forward one space and you're like okay well if this guy's on my left and this guy's over here if i kick this guy forward that moves me up one and now that i'm up one i can do like left hook and then, then you can turn yourself around and hit that guy so you're kind of like navigating the how you're moving at the same time that you're attacking and you also got to keep a combo going because that like powers you up for some attacks it's really interesting it's really weird but um what it reminds me of a lot is the john wick game that came out a while ago did you ever try oh, that oh yeah and now that i'm looking at graphics of it, it looks totally like that it's kind of like yeah. situational yeah yeah you know that john wick game hex i really wanted it to be good but it was not good um uh, but this fights in tight spaces it looks and feels exactly like what i wanted that john wick game to be so it's kind of the same thing but just like better and it took out all the stuff that i didn't like uh, I'm really into it. I'm going to check it out when it hits like a 1.0 release. I'm not going to play early access because I just I just can't stand that. But it is very exciting. I'm glad it's on Xbox One. Really looking forward to it. Hey, it looks like uh, what's the game with the bullets? It's so time. So, so time. Oh, uh, kind of looks like I know what you're talking about. Super hot a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Super hot. It's got that feel. Got that feel. So that's pretty interesting. Check it out. Play it for free for 90 minutes on the Xbox. The other game that I played this week is called Wildfire. Have you heard of this one? I have not. This one, full disclosure, uh, one of my friends on Twitter, Justin, uh, I don't know if his last name is Cavern or Cavern. I, I, I apologize. You see somebody's name on Twitter a million times, but you don't know how it sounds in real life. So I apologize if I'm slaughtering your name there, Justin. But he did some level designs on this game. He's a friend of mine. So full disclosure. Uh, but I'm checking this out on the Switch. It is a 2D pixel game that had me very confused. And honestly, I think this is a very 
confusing game. I think this game is confused with itself. I think it's got kind of an identity problem. The game is called Wildfire, and like you see the picture, it's like a dude holding a fireball. You think you're going to be like slinging fireballs and stuff, but that is not at all what this game is about, which really fucking wrecked my brain for a minute because what it actually is is a 2D stealth game. Uh, I didn't realize that when I started playing it, and I, I had this moment where I was like trying to play it a certain way and it just wasn't working and I couldn't figure out what the game wanted me to do and what I was supposed to like I, the theme of the game I just wasn't understanding it took me a while before I figured out oh this is a stealth game and you just use fireballs like once in a while so I think the name of the game was maybe not the best name and I think that it didn't really exactly explain what the game is about but you end up being a, a witch who can like bend elements you know like you can you can't create fire but if there's fire in the environment you can grab it and you can throw it or if there's water in the environment you can pick it up and make it into a ball and do stuff with it but you can't make it yourself right so if you're in a place where there's no fire then you're you're screwed you can't do anything right so you go through these levels 2d levels um you're fighting back against this evil empire and you just got to be really stealthy you gotta um be careful of how much noise you're making noise is displayed like a circle kind of reminds me of mark of the ninja a little bit where like you jump down and if you land on the ground really hard, like a little circle of sound appears. And so you mm. know how much noise you're making. You can hide in bushes behind guards. Um, and you got to like sneak through these spaces. When you do come across an element that you can use, earth, uh, fire, or water, you can pick it up and into a little ball. And you can throw it. You can make smoke out of it. You can do different things with it to like distract the guards. Um, but I found that this game was really not about combat at all. Like if the guards find you, you're fucked like they just come over you and you they hack you to pieces you can't really get away very easily you can't jump over them so it's basically like you get killed if you get caught which is really tough in some spots until you learn the systems really well and also like there's a lot of times when i just wanted to light somebody up you know like get a fireball burn them and oh, you, yeah. it's it's not like that like the, you hit somebody with a fireball and that little thermometer appears above their head and they don't catch fire until the fire until the thermometer gets full so like i would very like in real hit, life just like in real life, right? So I would throw a fireball. It would hit somebody. They'd fall over, but they wouldn't catch fire, and they wouldn't really be injured or anything. And so I found, like, the fireballs were more useful for, like, knocking people off of ledges, I guess. But then also, there's a whole, like, intricate system of how things interact with each other. Like, the physics, where you throw a fireball in the wrong space, it actually catches a bridge on fire. That bridge catches, like, one of the guards on fire. And then it's, like, everything on, everything is on fucking fire. And then you're, like, running around and trying to, like salvage what's going on and maybe you can salvage it maybe you can't and a lot of like weird stuff like that happens where something will interact in a way that you weren't quite expecting um, and so that can be its own challenge to deal with as well I've, i found the whole experience really f like confusing and frustrating i feel like the game doesn't quite know what it wants to do i feel like they could have leaned a little bit deeper into the stealth or maybe leaned a little bit deeper into the elemental stuff um, but it just, it didn't play like I thought it was going to play. And as I was going through it, I found it was pretty easy to ignore a lot of the elemental stuff and just focus on the stealth stuff, which I felt like it was kind of a missed opportunity. Um, the controls also, I feel like are pretty whack. Um, jump is mapped to a weird button and there's no remapping. And a lot of times when I was playing the game, I just couldn't wrap my brain around what it wanted me to do. It didn't feel quite natural. And so there was a lot of times I would make the wrong move when I meant to do something else. And I just... I, it never became second nature, right? Like when a good game, it feels like you're just doing what you want to do mm. and you're not focused on your hands. But in this game, I was very focused on my hands because I just couldn't really quite get into a groove with it. So it's interesting and I think it's on the right track, but I feel like it should have maybe chosen a path and just kind of committed to it a little bit more. It feels like it's skirting this 
awkward middle ground where it's not quite an elemental combat game it's not quite a stealth game it's not quite a platformer but kind of and it's kind of like a little bit of all those things and i'm not really sure that that's really a great place for it to be yeah and as you explain it and as i look at images of it it feels like almost like it wants to be a sim game you know like uh yes like, yes, do, yes do this and this will happen or like um Cata, uh, like bridge constructor meets worms meets a sim game but there's also stealth like the platforming i think is the part that probably throws it off because it's like you're this little character but you really don't need to be it's more like like how do we mess with the systems right yeah um, yeah it's it's funny you say that because I, I kind of think like this whole system would still work if there was no character at all and you had like a yeah. mouse and you were just kind of pointing to elements in the environment yeah like i think it would almost yeah exactly i think, I think that's right what track. it should be yeah it's in my like small uh, knowledge of the game uh, by the way it is on steam and there is a demo so people could like mess with it uh free demo it's pretty cool and i i just i feel like it just needed to commit right like is it an environmental simulation game is it a stealth game? Is it an action game? Is it a platformer? It feels like it's it's all of those things and it's none of those things. And I just feel like the whole experience overall is just really jumbled and confused. And I just I never found a good good vibe with it. So yeah. it's it's real interesting. And I think there's a lot of really smart people working on it, but it needs a little bit more of a push. So that is Wildfire playing it on the Switch. Runs great on the Switch, by the way. Uh, okay, Carlos. The medium, we said last week we were going to talk about it this week. Uh, last week we said we were going to probably each going to finish it because it's like eight hours. We're going to bring it back to the show, do a deep dive, talk about it. How did that turn out for you, sir? Well, I, I can answer for both of us. I don't think we finished it. We definitely didn't finish the medium. No way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the medium is, do we have to like, explain what it is? The whole Go story? Go ahead and give a brief, brief explanation. Just real super short. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm really good at super short explanations. It, you're a lady. And you uh, have these psychic powers, all right? And you can split the screen in two, or worlds in two, and see both versions, yourself in the real world and yourself in this weird demon world where you're a psychic and there's potentially monsters and also, like, old memories. But then sometimes, now I'm just sticking with this, and then sometimes... <laughs> you're committing to the bit. Yeah, you could actually pause your real self and just live in this other world, like as in the game will just be taking place in this other world. Or you can do play, play both at the same time, which, by the way, is very confusing. Uh, or you can play just as like the real world. So that's the gameplay loop. And uh, there's a lot of exposition at the beginning, a lot of cutscenes, a lot of like uh, kind of wants to be emotional moments. But I didn't really find them too emotional because I didn't know the characters yet. But yeah, they're yeah. really dealing with like death and uh, this woman who's uh, tied to this person she has to say goodbye to. But then that's what kind of leads her into utilizing these powers that I guess she's known she's always had. But going and like taking them further and going to a certain location, which we won't spoil, just like a, a certain place. And then in that place, she really harnesses her powers and kind of explores a huge environment uh, in the real world and also in the weird world. Pretty good how's, summation. How's that? Pretty good, Not bad, yeah, pretty huh? good summation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're, you're spot on. Um, the main hook of this game is, I think, like the seeing both worlds at the same time. And it's funny because I've seen trailers for this game a million times. But when I was looking at the trailers and they show your main character in the real world and the spirit world, I thought they were just showing like, hey, it's the power of the Xbox X, right? Like I didn't, I didn't think they were actually going to do split screen. And so when I got to it the first time, I'm like, oh. They're uh, literally doing split screen. That, yeah. that, that's the hook of the game. Like I, it caught me by surprise, which I guess shouldn't have been a surprise, but 
it's very it's very like silent hill vibe they've got akira yamaoka doing the music who was from silent hill so they definitely are going for that vibe they want to be the successor to silent hill it looks like silent hill i feel like it's very visually in the same bucket um so i'm not really a huge horror guy i think you probably like horror a little bit more than i do but why why carlos did you not finish the medium and i don't know if i oh, it's tough because i'll tell you why i have left it for a bit and i might go back to it but um the visuals are very very cool and i do like the worlds that they create in this other you know i don't want to call the other world but the other place uh they're very very cool like i really like the visuals and i would say that um it is like i said earlier an adventure game and i think you do actually combine some stuff you do this. combine items. yeah you do so there's some combining things which i don't like i just said i don't like it and there's a lot of walking around and like light jogging you know what was the game that did that recently <laughs> oh um, god i don't know there's there's too many games that do light there jogging. was i know it was a game oh come on it's hitman it's hitman and i was oh, like okay. just let me run for fuck's sake i'm, yes, like, I'm yes, a hitman yes. so the same thing i'm like light jogging when you know later on there might be things that are you want to run away from let's say without spoiling too much and you know you're in that light jog mode which i didn't like a lot but mainly it was just a lot of um yeah like using that kind of i'm going to be in the other world for a little while i'm going to be in the real world and i'm going to be in split screen using them all together to solve like puzzles and combine items that's like a bulk of what i played for many hours and i just didn't want to do that anymore like i like that kind of gameplay was like no and then the other thing that was frustrating which i knew would be is that the fixed camera angles so yes. it's definitely old school like resident evil where you're just dealing with whatever the camera's going to be cannot move the camera at all yes and when you are again running or light jogging from somewhere you don't want to be or you want to go to that can be a problem you like go to the wrong doorway or whatever so it was a lot of me just going the wrong place going back retracing my steps with my light jog finding an object and not knowing what to combine it with and cursing yeah yeah that happened. sounds sounds about where i landed on it too i didn't get very far at all i was interested to check it out it is on game pass as well so you can i mean this is like a brand new triple a big budget release i mean it's pretty cool that game pass lets you have it for free yeah. um but i'm also glad i got it for free because i would have been mad if i bought it uh, like you said, I mean, it's a lot of it's it's a lot of adventure gamey puzzle stuff, which I just don't like. We covered this already in the show, but like you know, you find some, you got to find some key for a lock, or like you got to get like flowers for a vase, or you got to get some other thing for this other thing, and it's just like, it just it just felt like kind of weird and like video gamey in a way that didn't really fit the setting. I was kind of hoping it would be more strongly on the narrative side, but without the puzzle action. And I guess I don't really know what that looks like. Whether it would be just like a straight up walking simulator. Or maybe just like puzzles that were more in tune with the world. But I felt like a lot of the puzzles were really gamey and it kind of turned me off a bit. And I also really didn't like the um, the fixed camera angles. Uh, I know that some people really like those. I know that a uh, friend of the show, Mike Susky, really likes those a lot. He says that he feels if a good director can use those to really sculpt what a player sees and feels. And I think that I think he's right. But in this particular game, I got stuck a lot of times just because... I didn't see a thing that I, you know, if I had been able to move the camera, I would have seen it immediately, like a way, which way should I go or what doorway or where am I? And I, it was kind of hard for me to get my bearings because a lot of the hallways look the same and a lot of the areas look the same, whether you're in the real world or spirit world. And if you can't, 
you know, I, I constantly move, move the camera so I can see, okay, so where am I at? Okay, I'm here, and there's that door that I saw before. Okay, now I know where I'm at. But without the ability to move the camera around, it's like I I was like, am I going the right way? Is this the same yeah. place? Can't see this doorway. Can I go in there? Oh, can't go there. Like, in it... It just got really frustrating. It was like a lot of wandering back and forth for doing puzzles that I didn't really want to be doing in the first place. And I just, it just didn't really come together for me. I didn't really like my character very much. I didn't feel very much attachment to her. And I got to be honest with you, like doing the split screen effect, I felt like it didn't really add much to the game for me. It's a cool visual effect, but I found it difficult to look at two things at the same time. And I, again, it just kind of gave me this like really kind of gamey feeling. I would have preferred to be in one world or the other and doing both it just didn't seem to be used that well. Like, it was yeah. just more of a visual thing rather than anything that really affected gameplay. Yeah, it's definitely like a, a visual flair. And then when you can go to the other world just by itself, you're actually, like, um, only have a limited time you can stay there. Yeah. Because the other version of, her, of yourself is, like, in a pause mode, and she can't stay like that for very long. So it's like, then I got, like, frustrated that I couldn't be where I wanted to be, you know? Um, yeah. there, there is a little bit of a like an energy magic thing that the other character other version of you has in the other world um and that's like used to solve puzzles but even that was kind of you know oh, that's super that, that's boring. that's one of the gamiest thing like where you you will get to like a, a, a power switch they do this multiple times you get to like a power switch that's not working you have to go to the spirit world find energy that you have to like absorb from like a light or something absorb yeah. it and then walk back to the power switch and then give it like an energy blast. And I'm like, really? Like, that's how we're going to use the spirit world. I need to like re fix this broken electric electrical panel by shooting it with spirit energy like multiple <laughs> times. Like it's you're like a spirit electrician. You're like, listen, Ugh. don't worry. I got it. I got it. Let me just go back to the spirit world. I'll get some energy as you do. And oh, I'll bring it back and, and turn your light bulb on. So cheesy and just like gamey and just not in the good way. Like it just every time I did that, I just rolled my eyes about how dumb it was. And it was just like, I'm good. I, I'm good. I wasn't yeah. I probably wasn't in the, the core audience for this anyway. And now that I've seen a couple hours of it, I'm, I got enough. I'm out. I would be interesting, though, to see, which is why I said I will probably like mess around with it a little bit more is if like at some point which games do this all the time. I can see them doing this. They go, okay, no, you're just in the other world for a while, right? Like yeah. stage four. It's like you're in there and you've got to like fight monsters, but like not really fight them, but run away from them, whatever. I could see that happening later. So, and I do like the art design in those worlds. Like I think it's like, you know, Last of Us kind of meets like Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So I don't know. I might mess around a little bit more with it, but I am also equally a little... Uh, saddened by the experience. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out for sure. I'm not coming back to it. If you come back to it, let us know. Otherwise, I think probably that's it for the medium. Um, I've got a couple little bits and bobs here. Anything else uh, on your gameplay today? No, but I know you when you say bits and bobs, you mean like seven more games. You're going to talk no, about only, seven only more games. Just a couple more things. Just a quick report. I talked about Disjunction, which I played on the Switch before. It was a cyberpunk game where you've got three different characters. A lot of stealth reminded me of like old school Metal Gear Solid, the top down stuff. I was really enjoying Disjunction a lot. I was getting ready to do a review for it. I was almost done with the game. And then what happened was it glitched. There was a glitch in the game. I could not load my save and I was almost done with the game. So I emailed the uh, developers and the PR and they said, oh yeah, there's like a memory leak in the thing. And if this happens to you, then you got to start from the, from square one. And I'm what? like, I'm like, no, thank you very much. I like your game, but I do not like it enough to start all the way back from level one when I was literally almost done with it. Um, cool game. I liked it, but I don't like it that much. So I couldn't finish it. Could not finish it. Uh, I may do a quick 
this is not a review at Game Critics, but I cannot give a full review because I didn't finish it. Yeah. And I was really frustrated that they seemed aware of this glitch, and I don't know if they're going to patch it or what, but, I mean, it's just it just really sucks to have your game thrown in the toilet like that and you just can't finish it, so. Bummer. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I was very interested in it. I still am, but, um, yeah, it's it seems cool, at least, but. It, it is very cool. I really liked what I was playing, but I, you know, again, I, I got to be able to load my save. That's a pretty key part of gameplay these days. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, the other quick thing, just want to give a really brief roundup. I'm still playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I am almost done with it. Almost done with everything. Now, you played this before, Carlos. Did you go through all of it or how much did you do? Yeah, I did everything except like the very last few missions of the last DLC. Now, there's a DLC that I don't know if you're including. There's like a... Uh, what's it called? Like Atlantean type thing? Yeah, Tales of or the Fate of Atlantis is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, it's like the underwater stuff. Yeah, I think th- I didn't do the last couple of missions of that. Okay, so I went through the main campaign. I did the extra stuff in the main campaign. I did the Tales of Greece, the free DLC. I did the first Blade paid DLC. Yeah. And now I'm on the very last chunk of the Fate of Atlantis, which is the last DLC. Oh, so, so you I am actually, like, yeah, get what I didn't do. I am, I am like three or four missions away from like finishing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I think I'm at 105 hours right now. Um, it probably could have been cut down to like 60 hours. I think that would have been a oh, real yeah. good length for that game. There's a lot of bloat, but there's a lot of good in it too. Like it's not a terrible game. I think there's a lot of really good pieces to it. Main character Cassandra is great, but I want to just really quickly say um, how much more I enjoyed the main campaign than I did the DLCs. And it's weird because I was actually really looking forward to the DLCs because you know, I got into this game because of the Greek theme and the mythological stuff. They they dip a toe into the mythological stuff, but not very much. Like a lot of it's very grounded in, you know, quote unquote real realism, you know, where you don't see harpies every five seconds and there's not a million Medusas that you fight or anything. Like it's, you know, it's people in Greece and boats and, you know, like I guess that you would see back in the day or something. But when you get to the DLC, especially the Atlantis DLC, which is what I was excited about, I heard that you met a lot of the Greek gods and you did a lot of like the mythological stuff. And I was kind of looking forward to getting there. And it's ironic because that DLC, almost all the DLC is like rotten. It's really wretched and terrible. And I think the main campaign is actually better. Um, I played the Elysium DLC, which was a nonsensical mess. They try to have you be a double agent, but they don't explain it and they don't set it up properly. And so all that ends up happening is you go from quest to quest like like backstabbing people who you just helped a minute ago for like literally no reason and you don't really know what your goal is and then by the time the credits roll in that piece you're like what did i even do this whole thing made no sense so elysium fucking sucked um i played the hades dlc that's been my favorite so far the good thing about the hades dlc is that a lot of characters that you meet in the main game come back because you've killed them and they are now in the underworld Mm. and so when you meet all these people that you saw 20 30 40 50 hours ago and they come back, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, that dude that I totally stabbed on the dog. I remember you. Like, what's up with you? And then they have, like, quests for you and stuff. And seeing, like, those faces come back after you've built a relationship with them was really good. I like that a lot. And there's one particular quest I'm not going to spoil, which re- involves a very important death that happens during the campaign. You can revisit that in a different context. I got legit sad when I did that quest. I felt really bad. And I got very emotional. It ended in a good way. But it really kind of hit me in the feels, and I wasn't expecting that. So I think the Hades DLC was pretty good. A lot of good quests in there, a lot of good story stuff. And then I got to the Atlantis DLC, where Poseidon is, again, in the toilet. Basically just like a bunch of fetch quests. Hey, get five of this thing. Get 30 of this thing. Get 12 of this thing. Get nine of this thing. And I'm like, this is the worst fucking gameplay. I, again, almost quit, but it's like I've already put like 100 hours into it. 
I might as well put in five more and finish it, right? Like, I know that's broken thinking, but, like, I really want to see the end of this. And I finally powered through the collecting stuff today. I think I'm all done with all the collecting. It was terrible. It was boring. It was stupid. I don't know why they thought it was a good idea. And now I just have, like, three more quests to do, and then I'm done. So Atlantis has beautiful... I mean, the environmental designers for this game, great. Every fucking vista you see is beautiful every landscape is amazing like like the environmental people like chef's kiss dude like off the hook this game is beautiful but god fucking damn it the quest designers can just eat a fat one because a lot of these quests are so trash and so just like filler especially the dlc stuff is especially egregiously bad um i think it would probably be fine if you put in 40 hours finish the main campaign and noped out i think that would be like oh yeah Especially a fine experience to have l- yeah. like we talked last time that once uh dlc was like hey you have a family now you don't need to do that no god that yeah. was like that was bad too so, so i no, just yeah, yeah i would say by the way real quick that's why i uh left and didn't finish the the one that you're on is because it was like oh yeah i don't want to do these millions of fetch quests oh it's so bad it's so boring dude i was just like having this like crisis of faith last night and i was like I really want to quit this. I really want to quit this, but I'm like, I'm so close. I can't quit. And I was like, just racking myself with guilt and pressure and stress. And I I mean, I I got through it, but like, man, I was so close to the edge, but it's terrible stuff. It's really a shame because I was hoping they were going to end on a, on a strong note. And it's just like all the crap is in the DLC. The main stuff was much better. So pretty disappointing. I still like the game overall. Still glad I played it. It was the right game for me at the right time. I love Cassandra as a character. She's amazing, but boy, you people at Ubisoft need to get your shit together because this DLC was awful. It was really bad. Hey, speaking of DLC, real quick, I'm also finishing up uh, Ease 9, which I talked about on the show. Nice, yes. And I'm on Chapter 6 of 8, so I actually am going to finish it. I feel like uh, it's just it's totally got me. I love it to death. I recently did a video on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash a lot of things, and I said why Ease 9 is my favorite Ease game ever. Uh, it is. It's definitely my favorite one, hands down. Uh, but there's a bunch of DLC, so I'm like almost like nervous to play it because I, the the main campaign has been so good. So um, yeah, but I'm gonna finish that up pretty soon. Excellent. I look forward to your final wrap up. I know you're really into that one a lot. I watched a video and I'm like, that looks pretty cool. I don't know that I'm in the mood for that now, but you know, maybe if I caught it for like ten bucks on sale sometime, I might give it a shot or something. But it's very fun. looks pretty looks pretty cool. Looks pretty cool. All right, I that's all I have. That's all you have. Yes. Yes, but I will say this. I just also noticed that Sense, I think, is coming out tonight, which is a cyberpunk ghost story, and I'm interested. That That is the one. I actually know exactly what you're talking about. I actually am editing the review for that right now. Cody, oh, Cody Bolster did the review for us at GameCritics.com, so we're going to have a review of that up pretty soon. That is the game where every woman has fucking enormous boobs in that game, like ridiculously huge boobs everybody is like hypersexualized to the nth degree it is a little oh. bit silly i guess i didn't notice that fully because i saw some screenshots that were just like uh like cyberpunky and like military people but then yeah the main character is like a sexy lady every woman in that game has the biggest boobs i've ever seen it is kind of strange anyway oh okay <laughs> I mean, that, nothing wrong with that. If you like, no, you no, like but I guess I didn't the see anime it. girls in your game. Go for it, man. That's that's your thing. Just just to my credit, though, if you mm-hmm. watch the real like the, the actual trailer, like the, the one they released, there's not many ladies with boobs. It's just her. And she's just like walking around environments and like, yeah. So I don't yeah. I didn't see all the ladies with boobs, but I, I, no I judgment, man. No judgment. No, man. That, I'm, go I'm for in, it, dude. I'm interested. Get yourself that game, little box of tissues, go to town, man. Oh, you had to do it. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, I don't know anybody who does that. And I think that's like on TV only. <laughs> Box of tissues. That's like a Beavis and Butthead like joke. All right, folks. That's We're it done. for the show. We better we better end this this nonsense now. But before we go, as usual, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at so video games but you can hit us up individually carlos where can people find you this week youtube youtube.com slash a lot of things excelente i am as per usual on twitter on instagram b-r-a-d-g-a-l-l-a-w-a-y and that's going to do it for today's episode 219 thank you again for joining us here on the so video games podcast and we will be back next friday but in the meantime this is bye from brad see you from carlos that's it Oh, should I say something else? I guess Sia is not good enough. Or a long sentence. Um, well, how about this? Uh, this is my goodbye. I'm keeping all this in. <laughs>